Hey there, it's me, Denise Lee, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help improve your mindset and your money. And in today's episode, I would like to talk with you about selling with ease. This is definitely something that is really hard for us as introverts or people who are natural empaths and just not really accustomed to putting ourselves out there and asking for the sale. Well, I want to share with you some tips that have helped me and I know it's definitely going to help you. You're going to get all of this stuff coming to you after this short break. we're back. But before we dive into today's episode, as always, I would like to thank those of you who have been listening for the very first time. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. And those of you who have been listening for more than one episode, thank you very much for reaching over and giving you a big old electronic hug. If you haven't done so already, please follow me at Twitter or LinkedIn. My handle is Denise G. Lee, or you can find me Denise George Lee on LinkedIn. And be sure if you haven't done so to visit me on DeniseGLee.com where you can access articles and other resources that can help you grow your personal brand and or service-based business. Let's get into it. As much as we hate to think about it, we're constantly selling and we're selling ourselves all the time to lots of people. We're selling ourselves to friends and family members and more importantly, we're selling ourselves to potential customers. Now, I like to think of it in a way where we're not necessarily telling people what to do. We're helping people go from where they are to where they want to be. And one of the most fun ways that I love to explain it is in the avenue of long-term partnerships. And I want to keep it vague as partnership. It could be marriage or union or whatever you want to call it. I'm just going to call it long-term partnership and whatever container makes sense for you. Okay. When you desire, let's just assume that you're desiring to propose to your partner to not just take this from a casual situation, but to a one-on-one situation where you're exclusively dating. And in this current state, everybody is kind of seeing whoever they want. They have freedom, flexibility. There are no particular ties. There's no commitment to exclusivity. But we're trying to create that bridge, that gap to say, okay, I know that you're enjoying your freedom and your flexibility, but there's also so much more that comes with a long-term relationship like comfort, the comfort in knowing that someone's reliable, the security of knowing that if you are in trouble, that someone's there for you. You have shared resources, uh, transportation, housing, car. You can be able to also lean on them for emotional support and you can have an enhanced quality relationship because you are in a committed relationship versus just a casual affair. Now, depending on where this person's mindset is, it could be a no-brainer when they say, oh, yeah, I'd love to uh, commit. I want to make this more long-term because they're seeing that the value of being in the relationship, a long-term partnership, is much more better than just a casual affair. Now, if this person is not even in the mindset of even considering being a long-term partnership, obviously these arguments don't work. 
that actually brings me to the most important part of before I go into the selling with persuasion and ease is that we're only selling to people who actually have a red hot need or desire for what we have to offer. There is no point of trying to pitch to someone who has no interest or desire of what we have to offer. For example, let's say you are a hot dog fan, a hot dog aficionado. You just, that is your favorite snack of choice when you go to a football game or sporting event or whatever, right? And then somebody says, no, you should eat hot dog. I'm sorry, you should eat hamburgers or you should eat coleslaws or cold cuts rather. But your mind is only fixed on eating hot dogs. So, it's pointless to even go and explain to you about the virtues of eating hamburgers or cold cuts or these other varieties or subs and whatnot if your mind just focused on hot dogs. That's the same way that you have to think about for when you're selling to your product or service to somebody is that you're only talking to people who actually have the interest, the motivation, and desire to learn more about what you have to offer. That means that as we're selling, we have to be very super specific about who we want to deal with. Just like I said, like in a relationship, you're not going to want to be committed to just anyone, right? You have a list of things of ideal qualities and traits that you would like in a long-term partner. You have to take that same energy and think about all the qualities and traits and features of what an ideal client or customer looks like. There is no reason why we have to feel like we have to sell to every one of the masses. This is not a situation where we're running on desperation and we're running on fear and we're just trying to get a sale from anyone. It doesn't work that way. In order for us to grow a long-term brand, We have to have a specific person in mind in order for us to sell. And that makes things a lot easier because when you're only thinking about that one specific person that has a red hot need, that has those features that you really like, you're not as worried and you're not as stressed as offending certain people who weren't really interested to begin with or they're lukewarm or maybe they were just kind of passing by and seeing what you had to offer, but they weren't really serious. That's okay. I have to let you know that more people than not will be more inquiring and looking at it not necessarily buying. And that comes for a lot of different reasons. Timing could be wrong. They have more often than not, they've been exposed to so many other brands. They only probably chose just the first person that came along when they actually did express the desire. I know myself, when I think about even my own desire for looking for a coach, a business coach, mentor, I was exposed to many, at least six or seven different coaches before I settled on the coach that I'm working with now. And it wasn't because I wasn't really necessarily serious. It was because I just was bombarded with so much other competing interests. When it came time to me to make the decision, I had to align myself with someone that embodied the traits and the characteristics of the people that of, of the of the person that I resonated the most with. And that same thing goes with your ideal customer. They are probably being bombarded with so many other people. And until they have that time where they're committed and they have the intent and desire to make that change, that's when they hit the trigger. And don't take it personally if the if someone makes an inquiry but they don't really want to follow through. Because like I said, it takes at least seven to eight touches before people convert or seven to eight exposures, however you want to call it. And even if they are exposed to you multiple times, it may literally not be the place where they are mentally ready to commit. 
a lot of my clients are also consultants and the one of the things that they have really expressed extreme frustration is that well everyone wants to just download my free stuff my opt-ins they don't want to make the conversions they don't want to make the the product they don't want to make the the actual trigger button, hit the trigger button and make that decision to want to inquire. Well, that's not really our job to assess whether or not someone is ready to make the decision to take the next step and buy. But what we can do, and we're going to talk about a little bit more further, is to actually make it as juicy and yummy and delicious as possible for the right people. Again, we're not applying this to the masses. We're only think we're only whittling down to people who have an interest for what you have to offer and the desire and the motivation. Now that we have that idea like that, that's think about the kind of top of the funnel. And we're kind of just going and whittling down to the people who actually will take the next step and make that prod up that purchase or in other ways the conversion. Now that we know that, what do we do next? Well and we can do this in our sales pages, we can do this on our website, we can do this in all the form, is we actually have to break down the value of what we have to offer, specific value. For example, let's say you are selling a affordable car and let's, I, I'm not even going to talk about what affordable is because I know one person's version of affordable might be another person's version of expensive, but let's just assume your version of affordable car, right? You're selling a car and when they're looking at that car, they're thinking to themselves, okay, is it reliable? Is it going to give me enough good fuel economy? Do I have little to no maintenance costs? Is it, does it require high upkeep? And all these questions are going through your ideal customer's mind. Now, in order for you to show value, you literally have to break down and explain the value that comes from what you have to offer. And I'm just going to go for the uh, affordable car scenario as example. For example, you can say, I, my car that I'm selling has 36 miles to the gallon. Uh, or and it has great highway efficiency, and it only has about let's say twelve hundred dollars worth of expenses to of, of management upkeep versus the average car on the market for the same kind of price point costs about fifteen hundred dollars per year, and so you're saving about three hundred dollars right then and there. The more you can actually provide numbers, the more that you can actually provide very specific tangibles about how they can benefit from purchasing, that helps eliminate some of the confusion, that eliminates some of the doubt. Because trust and believe, like your ideal customer, whether or not they want to express or not, they're coming with all sorts of reasons why they shouldn't buy it, why they should procrastinate, why they should put it up. Because all of us don't want to pay for stuff, right? We only pay for stuff usually because we're trying to seek pleasure or avoid pain. And if we know that we're going from either one of the extremes, and most people who are buying things, they're not trying to pay unless they see that need. And one way to see the need is to cite the numbers. Other way is to cite case examples. For example, you might have seen this often on 
commercials, car commercials specifically, where a soccer mom has to take her kids out to literally the soccer practice or pick pick one of the kids up at daycare or whatever. And they have those split side by sides about one mom who's driving a affordable, reliable car and she never has to worry about problems with with road problems because she has OnStar or whatever kind of safety sec, uh, device or the fact that it has a lot of features and gadgets that alerts her of problems like sensors or uh, or lane detection or whatever and they actually versus some other car model that doesn't have all this stuff and they show the result of having a car that's safe and reliable that avoids car crashes or avoids types of mishaps or avoids expensive repairs i'm just giving you an example you need to fit it and apply it for how it works for your business the point I'm trying to make here is that it's not just enough to say my car is safe, my car is reliable. You actually have to literally demonstrate it in terms of having that visual description or you have to like provide case studies, provide examples, show those dollar amounts about how exactly they can benefit, how their world is a, is going to be better once they purchase your product or service. When you're thinking about it, you asked to actually really just need to put on that sympathetic hat, put yourself in that mindset and going, okay, I I really don't want to spend this kind of money, but if I do, these are the things that really matter most to me. And if it really matters most to the, the, you, chances are it all, there's also things that matter most to your ideal customer, right? So line them up. Think about all the things, all the problems, all the worries that go through and prevent your customer from wanting to make that purchase, right? Part of it could be that they have heard that same song and dance of like, I'm reliable, you can trust me, and they have been disappointed time and time again because either once they bought it, the customer service was really crappy or there was non-existent or the fact that there's people who were not helpful at all, they had questions or comments, and just the experience of relating with that company just left a serious sour taste on their mind. So if you understand that for yourself, like if you've gone through this process where you bought something and you just had such a horrible experience, think about it for from the lens, the vantage point of your ideal customer. They're also have more often than not lots of crappy examples. Now, if you know that, right? Why don't we actually talk about it as part of our selling system about how we improve our 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 customer experience in comparison to the other people in the same industry? What do we do differently? How do we solve problems? How can we make the purchase process as transparent and easy as possible? Sometimes, literally, you have to explain step by step. If you have a problem, this is how you do it. This is how you go about communicating with this. This is or this is how the product works. This is how to use it. And literally having to explain on your sales page, on your product label. So even before they think about purchasing, they can get educated, they can get informed, they understand exactly what goes into not just how it's made, what how it works, and then if they have problems, how to reach you and how to solve their problems. A lot of people are so freaking afraid of making the purchase again because they're just tired of 
find something that was really hyped up. It was really well promoted. And then once they got it, they have no clue or manner how to deal with it. They don't know what's wrong. They don't, they feel alone because oftentimes we don't like feeling stupid. We don't like feeling that we've made a bad mistake. And we don't want to create that experience where they feel not only they made a bad mistake, they weren't able to make a great decision. And if they're feeling those nasty, sour things about that experience, unfortunately, it can spread to other decisions in terms of buying things of a similar caliber of service or product in the future. I think, for example, hairdressers as a perfect example, okay? Uh, Translate this again to your business, where one of the reasons why I personally hated going into getting a hair dresser appointment was because I was fearing being triple booked. And the reason why I was triple booked was because a lot of people flaked out. They gave no notice. They want the hairdresser wanted to ensure some base amount of income per month or per day. So that's why she crammed as many people in and it just helped her have some type of income stability at the expense of me stuck all day with a wet hair for hours on end while waiting for my hair to get done as an example. But if you were just, if you were a hairdresser and you knew this, that there were, for example, there were people who has experienced um, being triple booked or having to wait with a wet pot of hair while they were trying to work through all those other customers, you could literally say as part of your sales page, like, hey, I know it's very common in this industry that people are triple booked. I just want to let you know, I do not triple book. I have people um, use their credit card to uh, to uh, use as a form of um, holding their, their reservation. If you do not show up within uh, 15 minutes or don't provide notice within blah, blah, blah time frame. Your car will be char- charged. Otherwise, you know, I, uh, you can call ahead of time and, and cancel it, cancel your appointment. And that way you are sure that you don't have to wait too long, that you're getting the attention that you deserve. And I'm making sure that I'm protecting myself as a business owner and not having a bunch of flaky people book appointments with me and they don't, they don't show up. That's one of many ways. It's literally be transparent. Let people have a way to still work with you, but they feel assured that you're obviously not having a bunch of people waste your time and they are sure that their time with you is being well spent and they're not wasting it so they can optimize their day and do other things. As an example, one of the other things that you can do as part of selling and selling with persuasion in a natural and easy way is literally explain their world with versus without making the investment in your product and service. And let me explain what it is. I and I'll go back to the example of using a a car, an affordable car, right? Was they what are the things about having a car that is really great? So I can be able to obviously spend enough money so that I have reliable transportation. I don't have to be spending a lot of money on car-related expense, I can be able to shuffle my kids or attend to my affairs without delay. I can be able to access 
certain places that I couldn't without this without this reliable transportation, but without it, and then start thinking about all the things that they can't do without it. Okay, I cannot visit grandma on the weekends. That is really important to me. Or I cannot be able to take my kids to the doctor's office or just fill in the blank. We, Your ideal customer has a lot of things that their lives will be enhanced when they don't have your product or service. So now is the time to literally start writing down on the list in your mind meant to, or write it down on a piece of paper. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> write it down on a piece of paper after you kind of start thinking about it mentally, like all the things that they are missing out of. A lot of times we know that people are better off with our stuff than without our stuff. Now is the time to actually really be specific on it and don't have these vague things of well so you can you're making more money or you're feeling more confident or you're able to show up with more uh, enthusiasm like that's generic stuff like specifically identify what you do that makes their world better because they made the investment. Like for example, I know for a fact that most clients that work with me initially, they're able to, for example, write a post within five, 10 minutes versus they, I remember one client told me that it would take her two hours to write a same post and now she can dwell it down to 15 minutes. As an example, that's a specific tangible thing where she saved off literally an hour and a half of her time to be able to do the exact same activity because she has a format and she has a structure that helps her to manage her time better. That's a specific grounded example. I need you to get as specific and granular as you can get because again, people are always looking at how it can specifically help them in their world. And just going to just vague, generic things like I can help you feel confident or good about yourself, or you'll look sexier or fitter or stronger, like that's not enough. We have to get really specific. Like, or here's another example like, let's say you're selling athletic wear. Now, one of the benefits of, of using your athletic wear is that on average, people who use our athletic wear versus using standard thing can run 15% faster in comparison. That's an example. You have to think in your mind what that looks like for your specific business and for your specific product or service. Like what things can they do differently and writing down like how it can relate to their current role. That's why it's so super important that you start thinking clearly about who you want to work with and who you want to help. And when you're when you're thinking about from that standpoint of I specifically know I can help this community with this needs because I know that they're struggling with X, Y, and Z issues, then we can revolve our studies and our selling points and all the things that we can help specifically to that target audience in mind. So just as a final recap, as we're selling, we're selling with persuasion and we're selling with ease as number one, we're having a very clear idea of who our audience is. We are not trying to sell to the masses. We're trying to sell to a specific person in mind. And we're having clarity about what exactly things, outcomes they're desiring. We're not trying to be all over the map. We're using numbers and case studies and examples. We're 
It could be through a video, it could be through a post about what a client has experienced and how they're benefiting now. Get specific with the numbers and let people know how they can benefit from your product or your service. And lastly, I just want you to be really unapologetic about the fact that they are going to be much better off with your stuff than without your stuff. And if you have to literally write a scenario about what would happen if they went one day, five years, 10 years without making that investment, go ahead and do that. And if someone gets offended and say, ah, I don't want to hear them remind me about that or make me feel bad, they weren't going to buy from you anyway. So don't feel bad about that. It's just a fact that we want to only work with the people, we want to help people who have a red hot desire for what we offer because most likely when they have a red hot desire, they're more than often likely to be successful, recommend your stuff to other people. And as a result of that, it can help you grow your brand. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope these tips were helpful. If you really like this episode, kindly appreciate if you would share this with somebody else. And if you really, really like it, I would like to send you a token of my appreciation. If you write me a review, uh, send me a message at hello at denisegeely.com. I'd like to send something special along your way. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. I'm hoping that these tips will be really helpful for you. All right. Take care and be awesome.